0: Hello folks, okay, coming up with a new plan, a new way of being, revived focus for 2024 and my life and my business, specifically my business. Everything of this has to do with my career, work, programming, whatever, you know, this world, the world that you're in. And so some events have happened, been happening, some thought process have been processes have been processing. And yeah, I, I'm realizing that like, I'm re I'm just refocusing. So I've, the, the journey has been like you know, the past two weeks, I've gone from some like pretty deep lows to then kind of like trying to figure out my way out of it. And then culminating with a giant conversation with Mitch yesterday and my dad that lasted like five hours about everything in the world (laughs) related to this stuff. And I feel like I have, and then just a bunch of writing down in a notebook and trying to figure things out. And I'll, I'll skip all the context and jump right to the end of like, basically I need kind of two broad things. The first thing is like a new operating system for how I react to external events around me. And we'll talk about that. And then the second one is kind of a framework for how I make sure that I'm growing in the right way from a, a like business wise, that I'm growing the, the tools properly and in, in the right way and the best way. So, um, let's start with that new framework and then, and then we can talk about my new operating systems so that I, so that I'm like handle external events more healthily, um, And responsibly. So first let's do the framework part. So basically I broke it up into four categories, profit, growth, innovation, and community. And I'll go through each of those, but basically like this next year. So I I just kind of do everything all the time. And I don't really, I guess I I think about it um, as I'm doing it. And then I have like planning sessions. I have walks, reflection, things like that, but it's just a pile of stuff. Um, so here's a framework to kind of outline, like the things that I need to do in 2024, the areas that need to be focused on always with my business, but I need to make sure I'm individually addressing each one of these. So the first is profit. I need to make money. I need to make sure that the business is growing in profit and is healthily profitable. So I've been in and out of healthy profitability for the past, like three or four years. And there's been good times and bad times. I've made good decisions and bad decisions. There have been big boons like launching the V3 screencast and then big hits like losing um, the PayPal sponsors on GitHub, um, things like that, losing uh, company sponsorships, things like that. So those have been hits in the past. And then there's also been boons. And so, uh, yeah, I just did my finances for the last year and I'm not where I want to be. I am not at the place where I want to be at a place where I'm making plenty of money for me and my family and like headed towards, you know, like building a nest egg for retirement, having money to send my kids to college if they want to go to college, buying like a cottage someday and then doing things to my house right now. Like I need to refinish the attic. That's going to be a lot of money. And then within the next like three or four years, I need to put an addition on the house and that's going to be a pretty, pretty big chunk of money. And then we travel, of course, and those are just kind of like year-to-year normal expenses. And so anyway, I want to make a good wage so that I can live the somewhat wealthy life that I want to live. And then I need to make money on top of that so that I can sock money away for if everything, you know, just goes away tomorrow or if I want to retire or even eventually when I will retire. Um, And then on top of that is the free floating cash flow for the business to hire people, basically. That's where that money goes. And I thought I had more of that than I did. And so I looked at the past year of revenue and I know that I took a big revenue hit when I doubled down on V3 and let the V2 revenue kind of die, stopped putting out screencasts. And then like, I know I took that revenue hit over the past year, um, but it's a little more extreme than I thought. It, it The V3 screencast launched helped a lot, but I thought that I was in a position to, like, hire somebody full time if I really wanted. If I felt like, like I was ready for it, from a like um, a manager's perspective, then I thought that that's the only thing standing in my way. The money part's not standing in my way, but the money part is standing in my way, and I can't just bring on a full per- full time person right now. I can't afford a full time salary in addition to all those other things I mentioned. Um, so I need to, you know, fix that part. So profit. That's one bucket. For the framework the second one is is growth and there are just like things that i'm not doing that i should be doing um one of them that comes to mind like low-hanging fruit is there sh- when you go to alpine there should be uh getting started with alpine in la in laravel there should be a guide for that there should be a guide for getting started with alpine in your rails app your django app your htmx app and your vanilla js project and astro like i should be providing education and pathways for those other ecosystems like that is low-hanging fruit and that's something that i need to do and that's what i mean when i talk about growth is like doing things that are just good for these open source projects um you know the v3 doc site was a huge thing getting uh, laravel official was a huge thing and then there's you know these other these other areas and i what i mean by growth is like things that aren't new features or new products or new revenue streams or anything. These are just things that I should be doing to, to get more people using these tools. Um, that's, that's growth to me. Um, what else? So the innovation, that's the third bucket. So we got profit, we got growth and now innovation. And that's, that's the spark. That's the thing where I, Am working on a, like a project and go, I wish there was a better way. And then an idea strikes me and then I build it and it's a new feature in LiveWire. And I, you know, like that or Alpine or whatever, but innovation, simple things like even a small, like Alpine component, like X, um, whatever the most recent one I did X, what was it? I used float UI for it to like, I don't even remember the fricking name. What is wrong with me? X something. (laughs) (laughs) whatever we'll say x focus or x trap to trap focus like okay stop caleb at that it's innovation it's um new it's it's livewire 4 it's it's those things it's uh static partials in livewire it's slots for livewire components it's innovation it's streams it's making li- it's live wire mobile who knows you know it's all of these things where where i put on my developer hard hat and my artistic creative developer juju and then i go to work and i provide something to the world that ideally is original and simple and beautiful and people go ah these tools are good so it's like growth is taking the tools that are exist and providing them and making them more visible and available to people and then innovation is making them better and juicier and more exciting um, so the fourth one is community and community is the github repository responding to pull requests helping people it's discord it's hanging out it's live streaming it's being on twitter and talking about this stuff and being friends with people and whatever it's um, I don't know. It's going to a conference. It's talking at Laracon. It's the Alpine day conference. It's putting on conferences. It's that stuff. That's the community part generating hype, getting people to feel like they belong to something and making them feel like they belong and that they have a place and that they have friends and that this is a home and a place that they can identify with. Um, and that's really important. It's podcasts. It's this podcast right now. It's individual friendships with people. Um, It's relationships. Ultimately, it's relationships, but I'm using the word community. So those are the four areas. And if I just step back and evaluate them, and I look at where I'm headed with things, maybe we'll just like look back at 2023. Profit mm, went down for 2023, but it's still a profitable company. So that's good. Um, So it's like I could ride this wave and continue making like a livable wage probably for a few years if I did nothing else. And, And that's a good thing. But it's not, obviously it needs to grow. I need it. I want bigger. I want, I want to improve that end of things. Um, So yeah, so I'd say that is a wash. I'd say that's not ideally ideal right now. I need to improve it, but it's doing okay. Growth. I think 2023 was a huge growth year. um, And I'm at risk of 2024 not being a huge growth year. If I focus on the wrong things, if I stop pushing Um, I pushed really hard on the live wire side to get that growing. And now I think like, I need to have a plan for the Alpine side to make sure that that's still growing as well, because there's this trap of thinking like Alpine does its job and people are happy with it. And it's a lovely framework, but that's missing the plot because you have to be always talking about the thing and have to always make it feel fresh and new. And you have to make sure that it's, you know, it's like marketing itself well enough Um so yeah, I would say growth, I'm at risk in twenty twenty four and I wanna I wanna make sure that I do that well. Um innovation is always my strong suit because at the end of the day, I don't wanna manage pull requests, I don't want to deal with support tickets, I don't wanna write documentation, I don't wanna design new websites, and I don't wanna build out um pricing and apps to collect money and send out emails and marketing emails. I don't wanna do any of that stuff. But innovation i do want to do but there are hurdles with that like something that i told you like the, taking the wind out of my sails something that i have to figure out is like the way i am a maintainer right now is i really don't love it and i love just writing code and building new things so innovation is is a strong suit of mine naturally but the maintenance burden takes some of the winds out of those sails so i need to Have a better attitude for 2024 and not be as afraid to innovate and push things out another thing that halts innovation is fearing that i will introduce these are all good concerns because they keep you realistic and responsible but i don't want to fracture a community by building a second tool or a second way of doing thing or introducing a new api or a big breaking change that causes a bunch of friction for liveware users or something there's all those things that sort of keep me in my lane more than i'd like to be and in 2024 i want to break out a little bit And not necessarily violate the things I just mentioned, but not be afraid to innovate and make new and exciting things. Um, Because that's what I'm good at. And that's probably my strongest suit. It's my quote unquote unfair advantage. And I need to double down on that. Um, And then community. Community is a weak and a strong point for me. And I'll say that community is... um, I really have to think hard about this for where I want to head with the community. Because... Twitter. I'm, I'm on Twitter. I'm a lot, you know, but I'm not as public as I was. I'm not as chatty as I used to be. I don't share as much as I used to share. Um, so community is definitely like that part of community is like doing okay, but I could do better with the Twitter end of things. Emails. I could do better with email newsletters and updating people about what's going on in the ecosystem and what are the things that I've built and things like that. I do a lot of you know, releasing new versions of LiveWire with new features and fixes and things. And I don't even mention it. I don't tweet about it at all. Um and maybe I need to, you know, designate a community member or something to be the like like Taylor has Drees who does, you know, that part of it. Like maybe somebody needs to do a, a write up because I'm not gonna be the guy to do it, you know, or maybe I need to be the guy to do it, to do a write up for every release and have blog posts for things like that. So there's that part of the community, there's live streaming. Um, I've done a little bit of that. And it's something that I don't feel like I've, I've totally like given up on. Um, But it's something that, yeah, like I could do more. And I think it is good for the community. It's I don't think it's the biggest lever you can pull because, uh, you know, a limited amount of people want to show up on a stream and, you know, hang out for a few hours on Friday, like that's a pretty limited amount of people, but it is a good thing for the community. These podcasts, I don't promote my podcasts at all, I kind of prefer that, that I don't, promote this one because I, I like talking about things that I don't want everybody to hear. Um, but No Plans to Merge, pretty much given up on No Plans to Merge. Daniel's got his other podcast. You know, I maybe we revive it. Maybe we just record more. Maybe we start a new podcast. I like podcasting. Why not start a new one? Why not breathe fresh life into the world by doing something new and not just the same old thing that we've been doing? So maybe that. Um, GitHub, you know, I, I'm not as active on GitHub as I should be and specifically with like pull requests feel like that's an area of my responsibility but even discussions you know um and that's 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 the big thing i I see people who who love the open source side and who spend a lot of time in it and i think i'm not sure you can have it all i'm not sure that i can dedicate myself to open source and something like discord and do everything else that i want to do and be everything else i want to be It's probably spreading myself too thin and it's not my nature. So it's kind of going against my nature. I'm, I'm basically never one to hang out in chats and forums and stuff. There's people who are naturally inclined to things like that. Like I think of Bobby Bauman in the Laracast forums. He's somebody who just loves helping people and hanging out and it suits him really well. Jeffrey doesn't do that. You know, Taylor's not in any forums. He's not in any discord. There's no Laravel discord where Taylor's hanging out and chatting with everybody. So it can be done where like a creator isn't that type of person. So they don't do that. And I need to figure out is, is that my fate or do I change who I am and try to be a more active member in like real life interaction individually with individuals um, on something like discord. But it realistically that's, I've tried a, there was a Livewire forum at one point. There is a Livewire discord. And I was just, I've never been active in those things because, because honestly they, they stress me out because it's like, it's it's just, I, even just hanging out. On, Daniel hangs out in discords for fun. People game and they hang out in discords and they have friends and they just talk. And I'm just not that guy. I've never been that guy. I've never liked group chats. They stress me out and they're just not my thing. So I have to figure out if that's, or maybe there's somebody, maybe there's people I can designate. Maybe I can be more community oriented and bring people around me that like, You know, something that that I've seen, like in the filament community, they have have a really, really strong community. And they're really, really good at that, because from what I see, Dan is a community first guy. And so he is constantly putting back into the community and there's a thriving community because there's somebody at the helm. You know, so their discord is thriving because Dan is in it and is super active. And then other people want to be active and then he can give them status by elevating them to giving them positions like you're now the devrel person or you're now this person and you get your name as a core team member and on the thing and that is status for people and those are important things in building a community Um, specifically with that stuff i've always had troubles with that because money always stands in the way i always feel like if i'm profiting off this thing then how do i ask somebody to like be doing work for this thing for free it's like, if I made no money on this, it would be easy. It would just be like, yeah, sure. You want to be in charge of this thing? Do as much as you want, whatever. But because I profit, it's like, I always feel like I have to pay people for their work. Designers, open source help, you know, Josh, I pay Josh for open source help, things like that, where Josh would help anyway. Um, but that's just something in me. And so it actually is is tough. It puts me in a tough spot because open source isn't that profitable. It's a hard business model and I'm trying my best, but it's like, you know, that's what, like DHH kind of has a nice situation going where he has a for-profit business and then the Rails side is purely open source. And it's like, doesn't really you, He can appoint community members. He can appoint people in charge of things and he doesn't feel bad about it at all. And it probably just is a mental shift for me. I probably just need to not feel bad about it and just, just be like, yeah, I Liveware is my business and I keep running it as a business, but it's also an open source project with a community and there can be people on, on the community side that have status and prominent placements and have responsibilities and such. Um, but then the other kind of that is when you have a team and you're really community oriented, um there you, you you are often put in the position of of like listening to other people, you know, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's I think it can be bad for me when you feel beholden to people and when it feels like decisions need to be community decisions. And then things happen, things are slow. There's less like Taylor is very much the benevolent dictator. He doesn't really take a lot of input from the community. He decides he wants to do something and he does it. And so it allows him to move quickly and swiftly and do things that are, you know, um, focused and, uh, and artistic you know and things like that and so so there's a little bit of conflict there uh between like personality types and maybe i just need to accept my own personality type um so yeah community is a tricky one and i really want to figure out what i'm going to do for 2024 community wise i think some things that are that just obviously discord and github are are thing are issues for me they are things i don't have a clear path on but i am i like podcasting i'm good at it i like tweeting and I'm okay at it. And I love conferences. I should probably do another Alpine day, another live. Like those are things that I can do that I feel great about and they do boost the community. Um, yeah. And so I don't know, maybe I just need to double down on what I'm good at. Okay. So those are the four categories. Let's talk about the operating agreement because I've realized that things happen. This has always been the case. I've, t- I've blabbed. I've complained about all of these. You've heard me use you as my therapist on this show for years when some and a lot of times i don't record episodes when i feel bad because they involve people that i that either listen to this or you know those people it's like a close community i don't want to just like bring personal things into the public space and that is still true but i'm not talking about specifics right now i'm talking broadly how one thing i feel like i can talk about now which feels good is um what's it called uh inertia because because it feels like like it's a uh an it feels like all of these things don't happen anymore. That was long ago. I have a healthy attitude towards inertia. I've been friends with Jonathan Renning the whole time. That's that's one nice thing is that even in the heat of it when I felt like inertia was was coming for me. And naturally because he he was pumping it up and hyping it and building it and making it exciting and I was doing that for Livewire and so we're both doing that at the same time and there was a lot of stress involved there but one thing that we had at the foundation of that is that i'm friends with jonathan jonathan i respect the crap out of him and that's always been the case so that's been so it feels like like that's probably a good good example of things because i would feel all these reactions when somebody would tweet about how they are a diehard inertia fan for life i would feel that angst and whatever um but i didn't have a finger to point at which is a good thing and um but yeah so so it's different now there are other things that make me feel similarly similarly to inertia small and big and and i have these reactions and i i have to figure out how to operate better so that i'm not sort of overwhelmed with fear and bad instincts So here's my operating agreement. I have like, I listed out a bunch of events that caused me stress and I don't want to read, I don't think I want to read any of them to you because of like specifics, but maybe I can, the old stuff is that those are good, good examples. Um, yeah, I'm trying to look and see if I can even, I had, there's one example I can use. That's not even a great one, but, um yeah, like web web reflect actually recorded this whole episode when I was really pissed because somebody was being a jerk on Twitter to me and it was just like tearing me up, unfortunately. And I recorded and I, I knew I would delete it. And I did. Um, and I'm so glad I did. I remember being thankful an hour later and a day later that I didn't publish that episode because some things are just, you know, you're swept up in an emotion and you don't want it to be permanent. Um, so, uh, yeah, this guy on Twitter web reflection, whatever. He was just kind of like being a little antagonistic and um, And the way I handled it was a good lesson to me. I hand, you know killing with kindness like basically instead of Where I was tempted to write a shit post and I wrote it and then I and then I erased it I'm glad I did and I reached out to him directly and then of course like we solved all the problems turns out He's a nice guy. All things are smoothed over. It's like everybody won here because we were friends. We, we made a. I I sort of, uh, you know, I don't want to say I took the high road, but I did in that case where somebody was kind of being a jerk and I took the high road and was like, let's see if we can, let's see if I can make a friend out of this. And I've tried to do that at every turn. And that's like a really good lesson is like, see if, who's your enemy? See if you can make a friend out of them because your life is going to be so much easier. Um, it's not always easy to do that, but if you can, you should. So what I realized is that there's all of these, triggers for me things like that an inflammatory tweet Somebody shitting on alpine saying it's the worst because of this somebody's shitting on livewire saying it's the worst because of that somebody creating a competing tool uh uh Shmoogle wire and the best thing since sliced bread and then t- says how it's like way better than live or something that stuff is like designed to stress me out and the thing is i can't prevent that from happening it's going to keep happening especially in the open source climate where Even though I've created something and put my sweat into it, somebody can just wrap up on top of it or take all that work and it's a legal thing to do. And a lot of people would argue that it's a good thing to do or that it's okay and that I can't be mad. You can't tell me not to be mad. If I did work and you stole it, I'm mad at you. That's just how it is. I'm never going to think that that's okay. But am I going to live my life in this environment that is set up for these things to happen? Am I going to be mad all the time? Am I going to make enemies? you know what's my operating system so in a perfect world i don't feel competition with anybody and i can just celebrate people for building things and continue building my own thing that's the dream but again unfortunately i have reactions towards things because they do impact me and it i'm not i'm not insane i'm not i'm not like i don't have a a odd brain that just feels like the more the merrier. It's okay if I put out this package and you wrapped it up or forked it, called it something else and promote it differently. And then everybody follows your thing and not my thing. I'll never think that's okay. But I have to come up with a better way of handling these things. So I sort of like put all these those triggers. So those are triggers for me. So those are triggers. Then there's my reaction. How do I react to these things? I need a framework for for evaluating how I should react to them. And then I need to figure out what are the actions I take after those reactions. So I probably shouldn't call it reaction and action. I guess what I mean is there's triggers and then there's emotions. And then what are my, what are my actions from that, from those emotions from that situation? Um, And so I realized like if there's a trigger, this is gonna be a long episode. Sorry. There's a trigger and then there's, and then there's a bunch of emotions and I, I can categorize them into really three groups of emotions. The first is positive. The second two are negative. So the first one, is excitement, wide eyes, opportunity that I see. So this is somebody saying, this is somebody saying, Hey, do you want to partner with me on this? Or this is me having an an idea and going, Oh, this is somebody saying livewire is the best thing since sliced bread. Those are all things that cause me to feel great and excited. And so what do I do about that? In general, my nature, like anybody's would be. Is works fine. Like if somebody compliments your thing, you say, thanks a bunch. And you know, it's, it's makes you feel good and it helps people. It's great. It's just easy. But then there's something like somebody has an opportunity, like, like, uh, let's say, let's say it's something that purely benefits me. Like somebody comes to me, let's say Taylor comes to me and says, I want to make a new project and I want you to build it. I'm going to pay you a ton of money and it's going to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. That's pure excitement and opportunity for me, but I shouldn't just say yes, great. And this is a problem for me because I am easily seduced by excitement and opportunity. And what I need to, the evaluations I need to make with those emotions are, does it distract me from what I'm already doing that I believe is important for me to be doing right now? Does it rob my focus? And then is it a lot of work if it, and those are kind of two in the same. But this this one's simple and I don't really care that much about this because I feel like I have a good grasp on this. But like I've been excited about this side project that I've been building for myself for the Livewire Docs app and I've done I've just allowed myself like a few hours here and there over the past like month or two to just like make my own little project that I sh- I know it's small potatoes. It doesn't fit into the things I'm currently doing. I don't need another open source repo to maintain, and I don't want to just spin my wheels and put a bunch of effort into something that doesn't have a high yield. So I know it's the wrong thing for me. And I've learned that that's taken me a long time to really get, Um, but that's an example of that. Okay. Let's talk about the juicy stuff. The other two emotions are competition, which I think goes hand in hand with fear. And then there's, it actually goes hand in hand with fear and drive and motivation. So there's like some good and bad outcomes from this, but there's competition, competitive feelings. And then there's anger. So those are the two feelings. There's competition and anger. Anger is when something somebody just is just mean, you know? <laughs> like somebody just shits on your thing for seemingly no reason or does it in like a really brutal way or criticizes you in a way that just makes you feel bad. And let's let's just start with anger because that's a simple one. And I've learned this lesson and I'm pretty good at at this, but yeah. So first thing to evaluate is is their criticism valid? because sometimes really mean people say true things, but you just get mad at them because they're jerks. And I think it is important to see through that pull down your defenses and recognize is what they're saying actually true. And can I take what they're saying and use it to my benefit by fixing that thing or making that thing better or addressing it and then killing them with kindness, you know, like that's the ideal solution. Um, and then there's another, another like uh flow for this flow chart. I have like a little flow chart for these, like, so the other, is the person is a person a nobody? If they are, and by nobody I mean Twitter followers, essentially, is this tweet getting any visibility? Because the minute I reply to it, I've given it a lot more visibility than it had a second ago. And then the minute I I go in this big like reply thread back and forth, and other people start jumping in, or I p- retweet it with something angry, now I've really elevated it, and now I've I've given it a platform for myself to see. And here's a random example: this guy Brian Johnson, I brian johnson i think i i never remember his name um i've talked about him before but it's just a random guy on the internet who's like becoming really famous for his longevity research and he's coming out with a big product to like basically live forever kind of thing so it's really popular because of that it's a big it's a big promise and he he like retweeted somebody who's like trying to dethrone him and tear him down and expose all these bad things in his life, which seem actually kind of true. Like it gave me pause. Like, "Eh, this this guy's like kind of a bad guy. Um, but he, he's going to bat with, with this person because it got a ton of likes thousands and thousands. And so I get that, that he, he couldn't just ignore it. But if he, the only reason I know about this rebuttal at all is because he engaged with it. I'm not following these other people. Twitter. I, this is an anomaly in my Twitter following. I just don't follow people like this a lot. And so I only know about that because he, vis- he made it visible to me by, by basically going to war. And so that's, that's something is like, just ignore it, you know, just ignore it. That really is the answer for a lot of things where people are just being jerks. Just ignore it. Cause you're only going to elevate it. Okay. So let's talk about the juicy one competition and fear. When somebody comes out and says, I made an alternative to live or when somebody comes out and says, even this is a good example If somebody says, I made i I'm making a LiveWire learning platform. That's a great example, actually. Well, let's start with somebody. Let's start with the extreme example. Somebody says, I'm making an alternative to Livewire. And they're marketing it as that. And they're exposing all these things they think are wrong with Livewire and that their tool fixes it. How do I react to that? Obviously, I'm initially uh, a mixture of... Angst is the best word because I think it captures a mixture of fear and anxiety and anger all in one. And so... Yeah, so I'll feel that angst. And what do I do about that? The first thing I, I have, the first question I have is, does it boost the community? Does it actually, because some things, when people compete with your thing, they actually help it in a sense. Like that screencast example, somebody says, I'm making a LiveWire learning platform. That actually boosts the community, even though it directly competes with my thing, with my screencasts. So that's a different story, but we're not talking about that. So let's say, does this boost the community? No, it doesn't boost the community. It's an alternative to LiveWire. Does it decrease my visibility? Like is my tool less popular? Do people go on my doc site less? That's my big metric. I it's like if you're if you're a competitor to me in some way, so one of my revenue streams, one of my tools, are you is your competing, is your competing thing pushing people to the doc site to more people? because if people stop watching my screencasts and they they hate them and they think that yours are the best, they're still using live where they still end up on my doc site. that's not good for me, I think. You know, so that's like a, a different scenario. But does this decrease my visibility? Hell yeah, it decreases my visibility. Does it rob me of profit? That's my third one. Yeah, it does. Uh, so what's my action with this sort of thing? What do I do? Well, going to war with people isn't a good look in general. So I don't, I have to think about this long, longer and harder, but it kind of is the same thing as responding to anger. It's like, is this person famous? Okay. If this is a nothing project, it's probably going to go nowhere. Just ignore it. Is, are there points valid? then i should take them into account and see if i can make livewire address those things that's what i did with livewire um and inertia you know like a year or two ago when i was like oh, a lot of these criticisms are valid a lot of things people are saying that when they build their inertia app their their modals open instantly and in livewire everything takes a second or you know whatever it's like i've solved that problem because i knew that like it was a valid criticism so yeah but let's talk about more interesting ones where it's like somebody is building so let's say uh a competing UI framework or UI component framework. This is the one that's top of mind. You know, I told everybody that I'm working on Livewire UI. It's going to be my solution to like ShadCN or something for Livewire, so that you got your dropdowns, modals and whatever. Unfortunately, this is the most low-hanging fruit for not in like technical skill per se, because it's not like that easy to do, but it's it's an easy thing to think to do. It's an easy project to start. So there are a lot of them out there and there's more and more, and it's just going to be more and more, especially if I do one um so what about that if it's a compete like if there's one of these um you know your blade or live wire like blade blade ui kit i think is a thing so if, some, if but whatever if somebody's like blade ui kit i'm starting i'm starting a new blade or LiveWire ui kit I'm really excited about it whatever how do i feel about that okay well it does it rob me of profit? If I'm trying to profit off this live where you thing, then yeah, it robs me of profit. So I'm mad about that. Does it boost the community? Yeah, actually. So I think what I'm saying is, what I what I need to what I need to really do some soul searching on and bake into this operating system of mine that I'm constructing, and the reason I'm constructing it is so that the instincts of mine that are bad become good because I abide by this external agreement with myself and this is one of them um, the screencasting is a great example because I've I've already learned this and changed it like when people make live wire screencast and live wire educational content I shout them out now because it's a net good for the community and fortunately screencasts are like albums these are realizations I had to have you can listen to two artists at once you can love two similar artists. You can love two educators. You can love Jeffrey and you can love me and you can love Pavalis and you can love Aaron and you can love Alex and whatever, all these people. You can love all these people and you can learn from a lot of different sources and find the style you like the most. And that's great and that's fine. So I'm all for it. That's one thing that I, I've had to learn and I've, I've changed that. The big thing I need to tackle is people are gonna make UI kits. How do I feel about that? It boosts the community sometimes. If it's a UI kit, that you're using inside of a LiveWire app. So you're in your LiveWire component, and then you use this thing. That actually helps LiveWire boost the community. It may rob from a revenue stream of mine if I do this thing paid, this LiveWire UI thing, but that's a mixed one. And honestly, in reality, I need to be pro ecosystem. So I need to change that about myself and be like, that's really cool, really nice. Like more, op- more availability, more options in the community, more people competing with each other to make the tools better. But then there's projects who wrap up LiveWire, and if it's something that's wrapping LiveWire and robbing me of both profit and visibility and community, and it's a blurry line because it's not, again, everything exists on a spectrum of this, of how much, you know, the most extreme version is a LiveWire alternative. Here's the most extreme version, a LiveWire alternative built on top of (laughs) LiveWire. That's my worst nightmare you know, (laughs) that's like that, that (laughs) checks. So maybe what do I do about that? And again, I think the answer is addressing it the way I would dress, address anything that, that is like, I'm angry about, which is just let it, let it ride. Don't give it attention, ignore it, you know, but then there's things more in the middle where it's like, okay, it's built on live wire, but it is, And it like wraps it somewhat, but then you can also use Livewire. And that's a middle ground where it's like, what's the messaging like? And there are heuristics that I can say, like when people talk about this thing, are they also talking about how much they love Livewire? Or if people are using this thing, are they on the Livewire docs just as much? Does this thing drive people to the Livewire documentation? Do they still want to learn Livewire and learn from my screencasts and use my tools? So if that's the case, then I think that is a good thing. It's maybe not the most ideal thing because in a perfect world, well, whatever, it's not the most ideal thing, but it's a good thing. Um, and that's really what it is. I think my heuristic for this is, is the thing that the competitor is doing, does it boost the live wire community, even though it might compete directly with a product of mine? I think I need to be less land grabby about that and more supportive and more encouraging and just shouting that stuff out like... Yeah, like this. these are good alternatives. These are good options that you can use. Um, Becoming friends with those people, having good relationships, whatever, especially if they contribute back to the project. So if it's like they're helping me because they're running across things in LiveWire and they find a bug, so they contribute a fix for it. It's like that helps me, you know? So those are all good things. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my operating system. I realized I need to just have something that I can go back on and look at when I come into these scenarios where I feel this angst instead of just my initial reactions of just like, ah oh, bad feeling, feeling bad. You know, it's like, I need to evaluate what are the ways that this is actually good. And if they are good and if it's something that, yeah, I might feel bad that somebody makes livewirecasts.com and, you know, and grows it and whatever that, that will make me feel bad. But that's a scenario where it's like, I really should just celebrate that, you know? Um, so yeah, I have to come up with with this, and I have to double down on it, and really train myself to to you know abide by it. Um, so that's that. It was a long episode, one longest I've ever done, and because I'm having tons of thoughts, and I'm trying to figure out the future for me in my life, and like, what's this gonna look like? How am I gonna handle this this life? How am I gonna move forward? And again. The business has to grow i have to do a good job with profit growth innovation and community and then i need a good way of handling competition and angry people in the community and also excited people who are trying to increase my opportunity and how do i deal with those things in a healthy way that is also true to my own um beliefs about ethics and such and and true to reality Um, because i do think it is false that i should just be happy about every project everybody ever makes because that's just not maybe it's easier on the surface but it's just not realistic and i think that's how you get taken advantage of um by even on people who don't mean to so yeah so there you go that's a lot of what i've been thinking about i just wanted to tell you see you